reading today is from Revelation 21, verses 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So here we are a hundred years later, remembering that time. We've had quite a lot already, haven't we, in our service this morning. I love the jelly babies. I have to confess, they are my favorite sweet. And uh, I didn't know all the detail that Becky brought to us this morning, but that was great. Thank you very much indeed. And what an emotive song as well that Kev had written uh, shortly before he died. And uh, great that we can just gather that into our worship repertoire and allow it to speak to us. And then a very profound clip from a story of 100 years ago. And the Bible was a very significant item for every soldier in World War I. It may be hard for some of us to grasp, but this country was in a very different place spiritually in 1914. Church attendance was in the region of 8 million people from a total of 46 million. Uh, So the mathematicians around you, uh, around us, will quickly work out that uh, that is something towards 20%. Church attendance is now somewhere around 2 million from a total population of 65 million, which is a tiny percentage. In those days, Sundays, had a totally different feel to them. Everywhere was shut down. Many people went to church and then had relaxation in their homes. Christianity was central in the life of society. And every soldier carried a Bible with them. And in that video clip that we've just seen, the physical book served to save someone's life. And there were probably similar stories from a number of different incidents in World War I. And that indeed is truly wonderful. It's a great story to share. But far more wonderful is that the message of the Scriptures brings a far greater hope, not just to one person here and there, but to all people. The Scriptures themselves are a message of hope. Now, the book of Revelation is always a little bit challenging to interpret It's an extraordinary, it's an imaginative portrayal of the spiritual realities that are underlying our world. At its heart is the understanding that the world is a spiritual battleground in which the forces of evil far too often seem victorious. And in war, evil is given every opportunity to flourish. And as a result, there is a huge trail of suffering 
The statistics for World War I are absolutely horrendous. 65 million people fought in the war across the world on both sides of the conflict. That is the same as the entire population of the UK today. 18 million were killed. 23 million were wounded. From Britain, 6 million men fought. 1.7 million were wounded and over three quarters of a million died. That is loss on a massive scale. Now in the book of Revelation, the power that stands against God's people and his reign is called Babylon. And so in the language of Revelation, we would say that in World War I, Babylon was let loose and all the forces of evil gripped the world. We can say it again of other conflicts since then. And in many ways, we can say it of our modern world where peace may appear to exist, but where evil is still rampant in many different forms. Babylon is still evident, a little bit less obvious perhaps than when there is a physical conflict going on. But there are so many subtle ways in which the evil one still permeates the whole of society. And that's gathered up in the, the way in which Revelation speaks of spiritual warfare, of speaks of the evil, and speaks of Christ's final triumph over all. Because Revelation 21, as in other parts of the book, but especially here, gives us a great vision of hope. Babylon will fall, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And I think it's particularly relevant to think about that just for a few moments today. Here we are, exactly 100 years to the day, to the end of World War I. And it happens this year, doesn't it, that on the 100th anniversary, it is also true that the 11th day of the 11th month is a Sunday. So church and community, many, many people this morning are focusing on this moment. And remembrance is a feature of every year, but I think it has even more significance this year in this special anniversary. What do these verses from Revelation 21 say to us on this particular and, in a way, this unique day? I think they say to us, first of all, that the world cannot save itself. World War I was the first in which killing took place on such a large scale. The poet Wilfred Owen wrote a poem about the anthem of doomed youth and spoke of those who die as cattle. It was a devastating trail of destruction. And even now we feel conflicted about how we remember that time. Do we celebrate the victory or do we grieve over the cost? And we know that it wasn't the war that would end all war as was originally intended. The Allies won the war, but many historians would conclude that they failed in truly establishing the peace and the seeds of a new conflict were sown out of the old one. From a Christian perspective, 
we would say that the world never can save itself. There is too much that is wrong, that is deeply ingrained in humanity. And of ourselves, we do not have the capacity to live in perfect peace across the whole world. Most significant of all in the language of Revelation, Babylon has not yet been totally removed. The world cannot save itself. We can't do it. But here we are told that we are promised a better future. That there is something new that is coming. A new heaven and a new earth. In the words of Isaiah 2, there is a day coming when the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established, when all nations will stream to it, when swords will be turned into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, when nation will not take up war against nation. That was the Old Testament. And then the New Testament, Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So both Old and New Testament scriptures Look forward to a future when Christ is truly recognized as Lord and when all will live in peace. We strive for it in this life. And maybe we inch towards it. We see glimpses of it. Every time someone comes to faith in Jesus, when the ways of Christ are acknowledged and displayed openly in a Christian community, when reconciliation is accomplished and peace is restored, perhaps between nations where there has previously been conflicts. In all these great moments, we see glimpses of what ultimately will happen in its fullness. My understanding is that this new and better future reaches only its final fulfillment in the life that is to come. That is our ultimate hope. Babylon overthrown. There's a song that we sometimes sing, Name of All Majesty, Fathomless Mystery. It has in the phrase, in the middle of it, the phrase, Darkness defeated and Eden restored. A new heaven and a new earth. And if we read further on into Revelation 21 and 22, we find so much more detail. The amazing beauty of the city, the glory of the Lord giving light so that the sun and the moon are no longer needed. And interestingly, no longer any sea either because maybe the sea in Revelation was a reference to the ancient mythological understanding of the sea as a place of chaos. And instead of that, the river of life with the tree of life on each side of the river with leaves for the healing of the nations. What an incredible description of heaven. What a marvelous promise of a better future. The world cannot save itself but we are promised a better future and ultimately all our hope is in Christ alone in Christ alone the Bible begins with a garden in which God walked with Adam and Eve and it ends with a city in which he walks with a multitude of his people the city is perfect because it comes down from heaven. God will dwell there forever. Every tear will be wiped away. Everything will be made new. 
When the First World War ended in 1918, many people hoped that the world would be a better place. <coughs> Sadly, that was short-lived. Revelation tells us that we cannot build a perfect world without God. We don't know how or when God will bring his new creation to completion, but we know that he will. And this is our ultimate hope. It's a total transformation of life. The old order has passed away. Everything has become new in the presence of God. I wonder if you've ever been to the doctor and you've heard the words, I'm afraid you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. It's sort of one of those medical phrases that comes out, doesn't it? If there's something that actually is, is not absolutely life-threatening and it's a bit of a problem, but really there's nothing that can be done about it. Take heart. One day, you will be able to live without it, whatever that infliction might be. But there is a vital condition. A vital condition. Because to wait, the way to be part of that new heaven and new earth is to be connected with God's people here and now. The new heaven and new earth would not be possible without the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And when he died, he defied to forgive us our sins. And he died to invite, to enable us to come to him. And the invitation is there to all who trust in him, to all who repent, to all who turn round and believe in Jesus. We enter into the kingdom of heaven as it were now. And we have a foretaste here and now in the way that we live our lives of what is yet to come. And that's so exciting. And it's also so important. We need to be part of God's people now in order to then look forward to that new heaven and that new earth. Later in the service, we'll finish with the song, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. This promise of a new heaven and a new earth is real, it's exciting, but we need to get on board now and make sure that our lives here and now with Jesus are a foretaste of what is to come as we trust in him and follow him today.